the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow. It's good to be with you today. Coming up on February 20th, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas. Tickets are available now at kkla.com. Just go and click the banner. Also, I'm going to be giving away tickets later on in the big show today. Uh, but better than free tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile with Dennis Prager and Eric Metaxas is my guest who's with us right now, the Gentile, Eric Metaxas. Eric, welcome to Southern California Live. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been introduced as a Gentile. I am a Gentile. I'm also a Christian. But, yes. you know, there are many Gentiles that are not Christians, and there are some Christians that are not Gentiles. I'm definitely a Gentile. I think that's really good. I was going to ask you, actually, for our American-educated audience, what is a Gentile? Well, you know, Jews are ethnically Jewish. You could be an atheist uh, who, who doesn't believe in God, but you could be ethnically Jewish. And those who are not are called Gentiles. So if you're a non-Jew, you're a Gentile. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm half Greek and half German. My mother and father were born in Europe, one in Greece, one in Germany. And I'm, I'm a Gentile. No Jewish blood that I'm aware of. All right. Well, the Jewish God. there you go. That's why you need to uh, come to this event um, if you're listening. If you don't know Eric Metaxas, you should. He's the number one New York Times bestselling author of Is Atheism Dead? Fish Out of Water, Martin Luther, If You Can Keep It, Bonhoeffer, among many others. And his newest book is Letter to the American Church, uh, which I have recently read. He's also the host of the Eric Metaxas Show, a national syndicated daily radio show heard on 300 outlets nationwide and on television on TBN. He lives in New York City with his wife and daughter. Eric, uh, it's great to have you on. I recently read Letter to the American Church, and I recommend people read it. It's one of those books, and I read a lot of books, but it's one that I keep thinking about, even a couple of weeks after I've finished it. I mean, most all the books I've written, uh, I, I write pretty much for everyone. I want everyone uh, to be able to read it. Uh, many times, you know, it's my fellow uh, evangelical Christians who are most excited about it, they give it to their friends. But I write my books for everybody. You could give any of my books pretty much to, to anybody. Mm. But this book, I specifically said I want to write this to the people in America who claim to be Christians. So it's called Letter to the American Church. And I wrote it because, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this uh, at the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile event uh, in uh, two two weeks. But I wrote it because I saw I, – some people know I wrote a book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer about right. what happened in Germany in the 30s. And the silence of the church in Germany is what enabled evil to come in. Yes. There's no question about it. I, I won't go into details because we don't have the time, but I will tell you that I know it was the silence and inactivity of the church. The fact the church didn't leap up and see what was happening – and stand against it with everything they had, they hesitated. 
They have theological objections. Oh, it's not our job to get involved in politics. Their silence brought about hell on earth. Uh, part of that is the Holocaust. That's the, the, the worst part. There are a lot of other horrible parts. And it is my contention in this book, Letter to the American Church, that the silence of the American Church today to many issues that are facing us is precisely the same. Well, the Germans, when this began, they couldn't have predicted what was, was happening. They, they had no clue that their silence would open the door to these things. And I say that the silence of the American Church on a, on a host of issues which we could talk about has opened the door to evil taking root in America in the way that evil took root in Germany. And, it, and Bonhoeffer said, and I agree, it is the job of the church to be the conscience of the state. We're not mm -hmm. to be silent when we see evil things happening. Uh, we're not to say, oh, that's not my job. I'm just doing the theological thing over here. That's, that's garbage. That's absolutely wrong. It's not biblical. And that's why I wrote this book, Let's the American Church, because the parallels are incredibly dramatic. I hate to say it, but there's no hyperbole. Uh, so it's a warning that if we don't get serious about speaking against all the things that we see, uh, we are going to reap the whirlwind. And, and I'm sorry, but that's uh, I really see that. That's true. I think people do see that. I think you know, one of the things that has been profound about the book to me is the idea that the church really needs to be able to speak not simply about, hey, these things are wrong today, but look where it's going to take us. Look at this will right. be what happens. And I think that's what is so powerful about the comparison you made between the German church in the 30s, because it really was not hard to figure out what Hitler was about and what was going to come about. His own writings, he pretty much put it out there, right? People knew. I don't think it's that well, hard. You could say, yeah. I think you could say for some people it was hard. Yeah. So Bonhoeffer was trying to let them know, trying to connect the dots, saying to them, listen, uh, you can't give this a pass or this a pass. If you let them get away with this and this and this now, it is going to open the door to pure hell. And he was right. In other words, he, he was making a point of principle that if you say, well, we're going to look at the way, other way on this issue. Uh, we don't want to get involved. We, we, you know, we want people to come to our churches, and we don't want them to feel like uh, we're being divisive. If, if you take that attitude and do not speak up when evil raises its head, even in a small way, God is pointing his finger at you because you are enabling evil to take over. And that is what happened in Germany. The Germans couldn't see the fullness of where it was going. And Bonhoeffer was trying to say to them, this is going in this direction unless you do something about it. And they kept saying, well, not yet, not yet. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. I don't want to get in. You know, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be divisive. I don't want to be political. Romans 13, famous chapter in the book of Romans in the Bible, that settles it. Complete yeah. nonsense. It doesn't settle anything. But they use these excuses, and by the time many of them saw what was happening, it was too late. Yeah. And that is my contention for the American church, that, that if you don't speak up in principle on every one of these issues and be willing to pay a price. Be willing to get canceled or be willing to get whatever. If you're afraid of that, you've become part of the problem. You're being intimidated by these voices, and you yeah. ought not to if you claim to be a Christian. I think that there is tremendous fear. I think we suffer from that as a country in, in so many different ways right now. Um, 
and in the church. I've been a pastor for 25 years, and I think that there is a fear that maybe we're going to abandon the gospel either for a sort of a left social gospel wokeness or the other side for partisan political power. There'll be no gospel. But where it leaves us is we don't say anything. Yes. No, you're right. And I also think this whole idea of, you know, when people talk about it's when when people say, oh, you're being political to to Christians, Mm -hmm. that's really just a garbage word. They're just trying to shut you up because there's nothing wrong with being political. Now, if you want to make an idol of politics, that's bad. That's right. You're, you're supposed to worship God. But to, to say, oh, you're being political, standing against slavery was political. That's right. But the people who didn't like that said, oh, you're being political. Uh, standing up for the unborn, people who don't like that said, oh, you're being political. Standing up for anything that's true and right and good, Many people will call it political, and they will try to demonize you and say, oh, you're just one of those. You just care about politics and power. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you care about your fellow human beings, you're going to speak up against evil, whether it's the transgender madness, where, whether it's anything, corruption, election fraud. doesn't matter. If you believe that God calls you to speak the truth for the sake of others, uh, you are obliged to speak on these things. So all the voices trying to say, no, 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 you need to shut up. Just stick to your little gospel. Don't talk about anything else. That is just what happened to the German church. They That's bought right. that lie. They were silent in the face of a number of evils that they said, well, we can let that go or we can let that go. That's, you know, hey, that's kind of where the American church is today, where you have many, many pastors so strongly avoiding anything and listen, let's let's be honest. Many of them have been fooled by um, you could you could say, oh, you're being political. That will shut up most people. Or you could say, oh, what you that's Christian nationalism. And right. you think, well, why are you calling it that? Why are you focusing on that? You should focus on the fact that Marxist atheism is taking over. Critical race theory is taking over. It is the enemy of the gospel. It is the enemy of American freedom. It's the enemy of truth. You need to speak against that. And you, you, to, to worry about Christian nationalism is like a joke. I think to myself, I'm amazed that there are people that are really worried that that's a big issue. You know, I have yet to meet some scary Christian nationalist who wants to create a theocracy and worship the, you know, at the throne of Donald Trump. I, I, I just find that so silly. It's like when people bring up you know, that one crazy person, and they go, see, see, and you go, well, that, yeah, that's one guy. Right. There's a million of us. Like, yeah. why are you pointing that out? Actually, um, it's like when people point out, out the Westboro Baptist Church. You think, wait a second, wait a second. Why are you bringing them up? I don't know a single Christian who would be a part of that, who wouldn't condemn that. So you're just playing a game by bringing them up. Y- you just want to shut me up and, and want to say that if I speak— you're just going to lump me in with that group of people. That's called being dishonest. It's called being intellectually dishonest. And that's where we are. The church is being silenced by people who are brazenly pushing an agenda. And if you don't go along with it, they just label you this or this or this or this. And the real problem, of course, is Christians are allowing themselves to be silenced by that. We cannot allow it. And that's what I write about in the book, Letters yeah. of the American Church, that God is holding us accountable for our silence in the same way that he held the German church accountable. What happened over there, 
that that's at the foot of uh, of that the blame is at the foot of the church. That's right. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Farrell. My guest is Eric Metaxas. He is the author of Letter to the American Church. You know, as you're speaking, I'm having some of the same thoughts that have stuck with me after reading your book. Is where do we start? The average churchgoer who's sitting in the pews, who's you know maybe the pastor is speaking out on these things, or maybe he's not. There's the I think that the bulk of people listening realize we have got to speak out. We on our show a lot. We have people from all different walks of life in our audience. I believe that a lot of the issues of of our country, especially the transgender stuff and things like that, even most non-believers are actually on the same page with this is leading us to a bad place. Where does the church speak? How do we start as regular church people speaking lovingly, truthfully, and prophetically about these things? Well, the the first thing I would say is what, what you just said about a lot of non-believers see this stuff. That's a big piece of the puzzle. In other words, if you care about evangelism, you need to address these issues, yeah. often from the pulpit, because there are people dying for, to know, what, what do I do in the madness? Where do I turn? If, if they're getting answers in a church, they're going to go to that church because they want answers. Churches are famously not addressing these things because they're so afraid of, of being divisive. These are the questions that average Americans have. You know, who decided 10 minutes ago that there are more than two genders? Where did that idea come from? Right. That sounds like garbage to me. Sounds like lunacy. But you're telling me I need to go along with that? If there's a church saying, we don't agree with that, we think it's lunacy, we want to pray for those people and bring healing to those poor souls that are so confused, and we want to we want to stand against schools and other places indoctrinating people into beginning to think this way, those churches, the ones that are doing that are growing in number. And I've seen this because uh, they often invite me to speak, and I hear the story that, yeah, we stayed open during COVID, and all the other churches closed, and we speak about this and this and this, and the other churches won't talk about it. And their, their numbers have doubled and tripled just in the last year and a half because the hunger for truth has never been like it is now in America. So the irony is that you have churches so worried about quote-unquote evangelism and preaching gospel that they don't touch on any of these hot-button topics, and they're losing numbers quickly. And those who do address these topics, they're, you know, all kinds of non-churchgoers are going to those churches saying, listen, I I deal with this. I have kids. I'm trying to live my life, and I don't know where to turn. Where are the voices of sanity? And yeah. so I think the church ought to be the first voice of sanity on this issue. And, you know, I say to people, what can you do? The first thing you can do is, um, you know, I mean, you can give your pastor. If your pastor is not dealing with this, give him a copy of my book and say, what do you think of this? Yeah. And if they don't deal with this stuff, I would find another church. I would absolutely – in other words, we're not – it's not 1985. It's not 1995. We're, we're in, a, in a tipping point moment. If we don't get serious about this, like, immediately uh, and, and start understanding that God is looking to his church to speak against this, it's going to get much worse. And so I say to people, if you're going to a church that's not dealing with this, that wants to kind of pretend that we can go back to whatever a few years ago, get out of that church, don't tie to that church, because those churches are dying, and they're part of the problem. They are allowing evil to come in, and we've seen it already. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the evil that has come into the culture in every direction, no matter where you look, 
Even if you're talking about the border, the idea of an open border, fentanyl, pouring over the border, destroying lives mm. across the nation, that's a moral issue. The church needs to speak on that issue. It's a simple issue. Yeah. A drag queen story hour. We should be out en masse to, uh, protesting that or, or, or doing what, what we can do. We should be bringing uh, Christian books or other books and saying, I want to read this in, in the library. And they're going to say, oh, it's too political. And then give them pushback and say, no, no it's not political. You gotta, we have to be a voice in the culture. And everybody's called to a different part of it. We're not all supposed to be doing the same thing. Right. But if we don't live self-sacrificially and understand God has called us to be his voice in this culture, where Germany went, that is where we are now in 33 and 34. Just as the Nazis took power, there was a window uh, where the church was silent. If they had stood up as Bonhoeffer was begging them to do, things would have changed. They had the cultural power. It's exactly the same in America. And you have many pastors being silent or even advocating silent. We need to tell our pastors, listen, you're getting this wrong. America is going to go down the tubes. We're under God's judgment. We need to get this right. We need to stop pretending that we shouldn't be political because that leads instantly to making an idol of politics. Anybody who stood against the slave trade was political, and they were accused of being political. Anybody who stood against uh, Jim Crow laws, they called them political. And you don't want to go to a church that says, oh, we don't want to take a position on Jim Crow laws or slavery or abortion. That, that's no church to attend. And there are a lot of churches that are effectively there today. They won't speak out against critical race theory. They're, they've gone along with the Black Lives Matter uh, stuff. And I, I would say run from those churches and try to get any pastors that, that still have ears to hear to understand where we really are right now, because – God's judgment is happening. We see it all around us. It's, 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 it's only going to get more and more obvious. But the, the Lord has called his church to be the voice to speak against this. And of course, some are, but most don't yet get it. I do think that you're right, that the time is now, that we do still have on these issues for a short window, an opportunity to speak out and I think maybe do something about it. Uh, that's something I think that people will get out of this book, wherever they're coming from. And you mentioned different Christian leaders and stuff. That's part of it, right? We're on different pages on so many different things, but some of it is, uh, you know, some of it's nuanced, right? We mean different things. We're all in the room. We might agree more, but I'm not sure that people, I think that ties us up into ultimately doing nothing. And that's really the point. That's the point. And that's exactly where the devil gets us because we are, called by God to live self-sacrificially. A lot of Christians think, oh, I can just live a nice life, um, that people in other countries can suffer for their faith. God is calling us to live self-sacrificially, to say that my children will live in a hellish landscape if I don't do everything I can do right now. A lot of people think, well, I think we have some time. We have no time. We, We have squandered the years that we've had um, we're at the uh, you know the 59th minute of the 11th hour, and I really think that what we're already seeing, the judgment is coming, and it's going to get worse. Anybody who understands what happens when a nation turns its back on God uh, or is silent in the face of evil, is it's pretty dramatic. It's it's like you have um, we've been so spoiled in America that we can't even imagine that. And I think mm. the Germans were the same; they yeah. could not even imagine what would be in their future. And I, I wrote my Bonhoeffer book, and I wrote this, the new book, Letter to the American Church, 
to help people understand this is what will happen. It will get yeah. worse than you ever dreamt. They didn't see it coming in Germany, but God is giving us a warning. He gives us the example of the German church to warn us, and this is not a game. This is real. And, and the think, Lord is looking to his people. And I think that any imagining that you do about where we're headed, it does not go to a good place. There's nobody who says, oh, this is going to be great in 10 or 15 years. Nobody oh, says Listen, that. the destruction of religious liberty, the attacks on biblical values is, is ultimately an attack uh, on liberty itself. That's Everyone right. will suffer. Everybody will Everyone suffer. Everyone will suffer. Every atheist, every Muslim, every Buddhist, every Jew, every agnostic will suffer if the church in America does not stand up and live out our faith. And, and, and we are being sifted. We are seeing who really believes, who really cares, or who just wants to kind of play church and have a nice church and have a nice ministry and not rock the boat. Uh, Jesus was that not that kind of a guy. And uh, we, we are in a life and death struggle with, with, with uh, madness. I mean, we're dealing with ideologies that are, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're untrue on a level that you have to call them crazy, if you're not willing to call that out and understand that that's going to, going to destroy uh, communities, it's going to destroy right. the, the next generation. If you don't understand God called you to this battle uh, on your knees and in any way you can be activist and be doing something, we all are called to different things. But if, if you're in a place, a community that doesn't get that, that just wants to kind of keep going along, you are uh, sleepwalking and you're sleepwalking to a cliff. And that is where we are. So I wrote this book hoping to wake up those who still could be uh, awakened. Where is the uh, best place to get your book, Letter to the American Church? People can get it absolutely anywhere. I always say just go to my website, ericmetaxas.com. It's, uh, you know, you can find it anywhere, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you know, christianbook.com. But if you go to ericmetaxas.com, it'll show you uh, – a number of options and uh, just about anywhere you can get the book. Yeah. All right. The book is called uh, letter to the yeah. American church. My guest is Eric Metaxas on Southern California live. Eric also is going to be our guest at ask a Jew, ask a Gentile coming up on February 20th, 7 PM first church of the Nazarene. It's with Dennis Prager. And uh, tell us uh, you know, briefly, what are your thoughts about this? What, what excites you about this event working with Dennis Prager and this subject? Well, Listen, Dennis Prager is a dear friend, and I cannot be in a room with him without having a good time. I laugh, I joke, I tease him. We're serious, but we are always having a ton of fun. I, I just, uh, anytime I get to do something with Dennis, I know I'm, I'm just going to absolutely die with laughter at points. We really have fun. And, of course, we, we talk about a lot of serious stuff, but I, I just love him. And I'm just thrilled that I finally get to do one of these events with him. So that's in Pasadena on the 20th. It's going to be a great time. And I think something that, you know, we're, I think a lot of even what we were talking about before is that often we're, we're uninformed. We think maybe a lot of Christians think they understand how a Jewish person views Jesus or the Bible or the Messiah. But I think that we're going to learn that often we don't know what we're talking about. And we're going to grow in our faith simply by understanding better. Well, that's the that's the goal, and I yeah. just, uh, as I say, I know it'll be fun. I'm so glad you're involved, and uh, De Dennis is just, he's a delight. I cannot wait. Yeah, well, we're going to have a great time together. I look forward to seeing you there on the 20th. Eric Metaxas, thank you for joining me here on Southern California Live. It's a privilege to have you on our show and for your passion. Uh, the book, once again, is Letter to the American Church. You can get that uh, anywhere books are sold or go to Eric Metaxas. 
uh, com. Eric, uh, thank you for joining me today. My privilege. God bless you, Scott. God bless you, too, Eric. Eric Metaxas is also the host of the Eric Metaxas Show. It is heard on 300 outlets nationwide and on TV on TBN. And uh, so you can check him out there. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. Maybe you'd like to respond to our interview with Eric Metaxas in the last segment. He's He's got some very strong words. And and uh, I want to know what you think about it. If you uh, heard our conversation or maybe you've read one of his books, the book we were talking about is A Letter to the American Church. You know, and uh, once again, the phone number, if you want to join the conversation, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can call right now. Join the conversation. By the way, we will be giving away tickets uh, later on this hour for Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, which will include Eric Metaxas and Dennis Prager and me. And uh, you can get those tickets at kkla.com. Just click the banner for Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. It's a Jewish-Christian discussion, as we were talking about. We'll tell you more about that later. I want to know, too, this. What is the difference? You know, when you hear the subject, you know, and we're talking about as as believers, when you hear the subject of politics come up, how does that make you feel? Like there is – what is the difference between just sort of, of politics and partisanship? You know what I'm saying? It's that – one of the issues that Eric is bringing out is that the German church before Hitler, you know, people will often ask, well, where was the church? What were the Christians doing before the time of World War II? Why did Hitler even get to become Hitler? Um, you know, he was elected in 1933. He was in power a long time. And, you know, there were plenty of clues. If you study what was happening in Germany at the time, there was plenty of clues about Hitler and about what was coming that should have alarmed you to at least that there's very there's something very wrong with giving this guy all this this authority and power there's something very wrong with the nazi regime the third reich and what the government is doing i don't know that people could have predicted you know the the war that was going to follow and what world war ii ultimately looked like but hitler was pretty nuts in college i had to read his book uh, I don't recommend it. It's it's crazy book. He wrote it, I think, while he was in jail for something, and uh, it's called Mein Kampf. And uh, he's crazy in that book. It's not a serious. It's but he and he blames Jewish people for all kinds of wrong things. It's very open. It's not like you know in our society today where you know somebody looks the wrong way and somebody decides that they have feelings one way or the other. He just lays it out there. The churches should have known. That was part of, uh, you know, and some some Christians and some pastors did know. But there was a problem getting the church to speak out, to stand up in an effective way. I think, and this is one of the things that Eric thinks, is that we have a similar problem today. I don't know that we know where this is going, you know, for sure. The cultural decline that we have right now, the concern that we're losing freedoms, we're losing the purpose of our country, all of those things. I think most people have those concerns. The polls say that, what, 70-something percent of the American people think that we're on the wrong path. Uh, That's Republicans, Democrats, right, who think we're on the wrong path. I think that for a lot of us, we think our country is on the wrong path. I think that whenever I talk about uh, the possibility that we would lose our ability for religious expression, 
most people agree. We might have different ways that we you know, arrive at that conclusion. What do you think about this? What concerns you? And what do we actually do? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We had the State of the Union show last night. And uh, maybe in that context, in the next hour, we'll talk about the State of the Union a little bit more and uh, get your thoughts about a couple of things, I think, that were said. We, we always approach these things differently in our show, right, than what you can get everywhere else. We want to get a little bit deeper into some things. Uh, we have a text line for our show. Did you know that? It's 213-537-3812. If you go to our, our website for the station that you're listening to, uh, do keyword Scott or SoCal Live, and you can find all the numbers where you can reach us. And uh, Eric... Uh, wrote about Eric Metaxas. Uh, Eric Metaxas has addressed every issue going on in the world that we're struggling with. Uh, other talk shows won't address it as you did today. Thank you, Eric. You think maybe that's Eric Metaxas? Did he, Eric Metaxas call up to give feedback? No, I'm just kidding. He didn't do that. Um, it is, um, you know, our. I think this is a big deal. What he is alarmed about is that we only have a few more years until we can't do anything and that the worst thing is going to happen. Are you alarmed about that? I am alarmed about that. It's really hard to know the schedule. But when we are talking about, let me me show you something that happened today. Uh, Earlier today, there's a hearing on Capitol Hill. And, you know, AOC, Alexandria um, Ocasio-Cortez. Is that clip ready? Are we good to go? Yeah. And uh, she is interviewing somebody over different things that happened at Twitter. So Twitter is being... Uh, is in congressional hearings right now about the way speech was shut down, particularly in the last few years and especially in 2020. There's a website, or not a website, it's a Twitter account. You're listening, by the way, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number, if you want to join our conversation, is 888-528-2557, There is a Twitter account that's very controversial. It's called Libs of TikTok. Maybe you've heard that. And and what this person does is they take videos from typically TikTok and other social media, and they repost those videos. And the idea in the videos are some of the most extreme and um, very, very uh, troubling statements that are being made by teachers from their classrooms or hospital administrators or or things that people are saying about um, the far, far left agenda. When I say far, far left, by the way, I'm not even talking about liberals. Okay, there's there's liberals and conservatives, and there are lots of things that we the liberals and conservatives might disagree on, right? But there's I think a group of the bulk of us who ultimately want what's true and what is accurate and what works. But when you have people who are on the far left, and the same can be said in, in some ways on the far right. I don't think the far right is nearly as powerful as the far left. Um, but regardless. There's a place where you don't care about the truth anymore. You just care about an agenda or you care about power or you, can, you care about something else and you will gladly tell a lie in order to keep going in whatever direction you want. That's what happens in the far left. And so this TikTok account posts these videos all the time. And most of the time, they don't have any commentary with it. They just say, hey, look at what this person says. Now, these are videos that people post themselves, so they're not – uh, you know, they're not like secretly recorded. They're not videos that are recorded um, without permission. It's people posting their own videos. It's just like if you go to your social media and you post a video of yourself saying something controversial um, and people can respond to it. You put it out there. Okay. You're the one who did it. That's what they post. Occasionally 
you know, and, you know, sometimes people claim that they don't that this account doesn't give commentary. No, it gives some commentary sometimes, but most of the time, it's just here's the video, and the videos are crazy, and people get all upset, and it's exposing what a lot of things are being taught in schools, and a lot of things are being taught in uh, particularly college campuses and uh, other places, but even to to little kids, a lot of it has to do with uh, gender stuff and things like that. And Twitter is supposed to ban that because it's exposing what some people think. Anyway, AOC uh, today in Congress is questioning a Twitter executive about why libs of TikTok, TikTok or TikTok, uh, TikTok is the same as TikTok. You're just your breath smells better afterward. The uh, she's asking why uh, did this account not get banned? Here's what she says. Uh, additionally, Ms. Navaroli, are you familiar with the account libs of TikTok? I have heard of it from the news, yes. Um, Mr. Roth, are you familiar with this account? Yes, ma'am, I am. Are you aware from, that from August 11th to August 16th, that account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children? Yes, I am aware of that and other claims from the account. And are you aware that this lie was then circulated by other prominent far-right influencers? Yes. And are you aware that all these claims, uh, which I have reiterated, were false, culminated in a real-life harassment and ultimately a bomb threat to the Boston Children's Hospital? Yes, I am aware. And this account is still on that platform today, isn't it? Regrettably, yes, it is. Despite inspiring a bomb threat due to the right-wing incitement of violence against trans Americans in this country, because they cannot let go of this obsession with fixating violence and inciting violence against trans and LGBT people, in addition to immigrants, in addition to women of color, this is a party that cannot pick on anyone their own size. Now, this is what uh, she's putting out there. And she's saying that... Uh that the video that was posted was just full of lies from the Children's Hospital in, in Boston. And the problem was this. The video was from Children's Hospital in Boston. Now, it's Children's Hospital. And there were a set, which they have taken down, there were a set of 90 different videos about all kinds of different procedures for children uh, about uh, gender identity and changes. And uh, when we come back from the break here, I'm going to play you the video that is on or was on that website. They've taken so much of it down now because uh, of what happened. But here's the point I want to make, and then we'll come back from the break here. When AOC says this was a lie, this was uh, made up, this she's not telling the truth. What Libs of TikTok did was put out a video that the Children's Hospital put out, see, now, there might have been, I think there was a bomb threat and other stuff. That is also bad. That should not have happened, whoever had done that. But what Libs of TikTok did was put out a video that the Children's Hospital had actually just put out. I'm going to play that for you when we come back. i got to take a break. We'll also take your calls on the subject, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Are you aware from that from August 11th to August 16th, 
That account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children. That was uh, AOC, Alexandria, um, why am I think, forget her, anyway, AOC, what's her name? Ocasio-Cortez. And uh, she's questioning Twitter executive about why they allowed an account libs of TikTok last summer to stay on when they, according to AOC, falsely were claiming that Boston's Children's Hospital was providing hysterectomies and other gender uh, changing surgeries to to minors, to people under 18. And it became quite a controversy online and um, last summer because that happened. But what Libs of TikTok does, by the way, this is Southern California Live. You can call and join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557. And what that website does is they just post videos that other people make. They post videos of things that people say. And the point that they are trying to make is that, look, our world's going nuts. And they're, they make some commentary, but usually all they do is they just post a video and they say, hey, watch this. Okay. So it's not secretly taped video. Uh, it isn't like Project Veritas where people don't know they're being recorded and they're exposed and, and those kinds of things. This is stuff that's out there. This is a video that has, my understanding has since been taken down. It was one of 90 videos for transgender youth at Boston Children's Hospital. By the way, Children's Hospital. Who do you take to Children's Hospital for care? Just, you know, when you're a parent or if you're thinking I might, you know, who, when you, if you are an adult and uh, you need to go to the emergency room, do you, does it cross your mind to go to Children's Hospital? You know, maybe if you're really, you know, bleeding out or something, you just got to get into someplace, you might think of that. But generally speaking, you know, whenever I've had to go to the ER or urgent care or when I call a doctor for myself, I don't call Children's Hospital. In fact, since the time I turned 18, I have gone to grown-up doctors. For everything that I was dealing with is as a child, once I turned 18, I dealt with those things. There's probably some things that have some crossover. Anyway, but this is what Boston Children's Hospital had on their website for uh, children's transgender uh, care. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. Now, if you saw that on a children's hospital website... Wouldn't your assumption be that they are performing that surgery on children under 18? Now, if you go to the Boston Children's Hospital website today, all over the place, they say they don't do these surgeries on people under 18. Uh, They do talk a lot about preparing uh, for that, that you have to have been considering yourself transgender for a period of time. And there's a whole lot of stuff there. And over the last few months, and one of the point I don't want you to miss here is that libs of TikTok, I'm not defending everything that group might do. But they're just putting out videos that are out there. And people got really upset. I do think that the bomb threat story could be true. Don't do that. You know, that's just, you know, if you're concerned about life and you're concerned about humanity, making a bomb threat means you're not concerned. It means you're just as bad as the other side. Stop that. Uh, I'm not saying that anybody in this audience did that. But if you know somebody, you know, once in a while, I do get a call from somebody who's like, you know, it's time to, no. No, no, no. That's not how you do it. There's got to be a better way. And that's what we're talking about this hour is how do we stand up to things? What do we actually do in a society that is getting bad? See, if you follow this story out, it then came out that children's hospitals all across the country 
are are have transgender affirming care uh, departments, and that in fact there are minors getting these surgeries. And the New York Times in an article last um, October, we're talking about you know, the New York Times. Okay, this is not Fox News. This is not uh, some right wing website. This is the very left-wing New York Times in October, a few months after this uh, controversy happened last summer, uh, talking about how this is happening. And they're talking about somebody named Michael, who is their new name as they became a man who was 17 and had what's called top surgery, which is a mastectomy that uh, young women are getting if they've decided that they actually are a man or whatever gender they think uh, that fits with. And this article goes through the fact that the world uh, uh, transgender doctors who are pushing this, who, by the way, make tons of money, and they also make people into lifetime, lifetime medical patients. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. We heard about this from Vanderbilt Vanderbilt University, and that getting kids to change their gender surgically is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, their administrators were saying. That's why the state of Tennessee banned this procedure altogether, because this was happening at Vanderbilt. And this whole article in the New York Times is called More Trans Teens Are Choosing Top Surgery is talking about how kids as young as 15 are getting this. You know the video game? There's a video game that is promoting this, by the way. It's called The Sims. You ever play the, the video game The Sims? It's a game where you you create a little character. It's a little avatar character, and you give that person personality, and you buy their clothes, and you buy their house, and they interact with other people. And uh, I've never played it personally. I'm familiar with it. I never got into that that game. Well, apparently, you know, one of the things you can do is buy buy clothing. Uh, you can also buy physical characteristics, or you can update them. You know, you can make the person any race or skin tone that you want. Those kinds of things. Now you can actually buy. Uh, a body type that is celebrating this kind of top surgery where the scars are shown there on the video. This is who's this targeted toward? I know that lots of young adults play this game, but this kids play this game, little kids. And what this is about is the normalization of this. Now I'm telling you all this because we started this hour with Eric Metaxas and his book, Letter to the American Church, where he is challenging us to stand up and do something because our society is in grave trouble. This is one of those areas that I think this is true. And what AOC is doing is she's gaslighting us by saying this is not a thing. It is a thing. And what Libs of TikTok has done, the reason they're still on there, the reason they were brought back after being penalized, well, is because all they're doing is posting other people's videos that were put out there in the public by those people. What do we do about this? We have to be engaged, and I don't think this is going away. I've got some positive thoughts that as as we realize this is a much bigger deal, it's not just a small you know, group of people doing something crazy that will go away. This is something that has expanded across the nation in the past 10 years. It's gone from, I think, one clinic that did anything like this to now there's 100, and it's a major moneymaker. You know, my friends, I don't think this is a partisan thing. I don't think this is left and right. I think that most of us listening, whatever your politics are, Democrat or Republican, Independent, Libertarian, Green Party, whatever, you, whatever box you check, most of us think this should not be happening. It's happening more and more. And see, and the thing is, is that how many years later, there are other articles coming out now where there are so many people trying to detransition who feel like as kids they were lied to about what their, their future would look like. And, you know, so many people, they have these feelings as kids and then they grow out of it. Most people do. Or they decide maybe they're homosexual, 
but they still didn't want to carve up their body. This is a big, big deal. And this is just one issue of a symptom of our culture, our society, of people who need help, of people who need great care. And we're being told we can't say what we're saying now because it's hateful and it's bigotry and it's all these words that get used. We have to not be afraid. And I think in the church, in a loving way, we have to be able to say it in a nonpartisan way. There might be partisanship when you say, hey, you got to vote for these people because they're at least going to vote a certain way. But you don't want to, you know, it's not everybody in, in uh, whatever party you want who feels the same way. You got to be careful with all of that. Anyway, something to think about. We'll talk about that more. Our guest in the first part of the show is Eric Metaxas, and uh, he is also going to be our guest at Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. It's coming up on February 20th, and I want to invite you to that. And what I want you to do is get free tickets right now if you call 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm giving away free tickets, one pair of tickets to Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. Call right now for, we'll take caller number five, caller number five, 888-528-2557. Call right now for free tickets for Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. And uh, the other way to get tickets is go to our website, go to kkla.com, that website, and uh, click on the, the banner there. You can get tickets. There's two things you can buy tickets for. One is the general admission and uh, general admission seating. It's 25 bucks uh, for a ticket. There's also a VIP reception and seating, and that price is set, is $99. And the VIP, no, that's the seating. There is, what's, what's on here? I think that there is, a, it seems to be, oh, here it is. There's a special VIP reception, okay? It starts at 5 o'clock. And for that, you get to meet Eric uh, Metaxas, and you get to meet Dennis Prager, and you get to meet me, too. I'll be in there, too. And uh, you come at 5 o'clock. So it's at, the program begins at 7 o'clock. It's at Fir- Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene, February 20th, 7 p.m. is when the program begins. The VIP reception starts at 5 o'clock. I bring up the VIP thing because the tickets are almost sold out for that. So if you're interested in that one, that's not the one we're giving away, by the way. But uh, if you're interested in that, you've got to get your tickets right away or you won't be able to. All right, 888-528-2557. Let me go to the phones here. Hi, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Who's this? It's Robert. Robert, you are the winner of the free tickets for Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, and I look forward to seeing you there on February 20th. I'm going to put you on hold so we can get your uh, your information, so don't hang up. Oh, will do. All right. Thank you, Robert, and, and uh, congratulations. All right. If you didn't yeah, win, that's great. Look, looking forward. Yeah, great. We are looking forward to having you. And uh, I will give away more tickets in the next hour. Next hour of our program, we'll talk about the State of the Union show. I want to get your thoughts about that. If you watch the speech or maybe you've heard part of it, what do you think? You can give us a call in the next hour to talk about it. 888-528-2557 is that number. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. To get your Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile tickets, go to KKLA.com, KKLA.com. Click the Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile banner and uh, get it now with our tickets still available. It's February 20th. And uh, check it out. All right. We'll be back as the Wednesday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.